Another big-time win by the Suns in the preseason over the Los Angeles Lakers and part nine of our Suns preview series, 13 questions that will define the Phoenix Suns seasons, looking at Devin Booker and his popularity after a big NBA commercial spot this weekend. All of that coming up right away here on Locked on Suns. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, credentialed media member covering the Suns the past five seasons. Follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnPHXSuns. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single morning. Welcome to another week. Welcome to the last week without Suns regular season basketball. Hopefully you enjoyed two beatdowns of the Lakers last week in the preseason, both home and away. That's what we'll start with. The Suns victory, double digit, I mean, not even close victory over the LeBron james list. Lakers. I'll just give you some brief takeaways from the game. And then I also want to get into like how these teams shake, uh, shape up and, and match up against one another. Now that we have seen them twice, they were obviously a very um, big challenge for the Suns during the regular season. Last year, there were some testy battles, dare I say, shaping up into something of a rivalry once again. And of course, in the playoffs, we already saw how the seeding can sometimes break down in such a way that you end up facing a team like the Lakers even earlier than you expected. So I do want to give some thoughts on the matchup itself here, even though LeBron was not around. It's pretty obvious what he is as a player. So I I do think you can do some takeaways there. And then I'll close the show with part nine of our Suns 13 questions that will define the Suns season preview series winding down only four more after this one today, but it was perfect timing because again, Devin Booker starring getting a quiet moment to himself in the new NBA season ad for the 75th year. So I'll talk about that. The question goes into his popularity overall as a face of the NBA. So that's the, that's the rundown for today. I do want to remind everybody as well. First, Uh, Before I start talking about the Lakers game, Kelly Oubre bobblehead. I have not shown the beautiful man in quite a while. AirPods, Converse, Wave Jacket. This bobblehead could be yours if you subscribe to this channel on YouTube. So if you're a listener and you have not yet done that, just head over to YouTube, hit subscribe. Have that show up in your feed. It does us a big favor and it gives you another way to check out the show. If you are finding this show on YouTube and you have not subscribed, please down below hit the subscribe button. It makes it uh, a world of difference. It makes it easier for people to find this show, makes it easier for Suns fans to be part of our little community here when we'll start doing live streams after games and smaller clips here and there reacting to news. All of that stuff is going to be living here on this channel, so it will have more in it as we make our way through the year. So lots of goodies and uh, would do us a lot of uh, favor if you were to subscribe. Okay, let's get to this game. Again, a 123-94 victory, nearly 30-point blowout. Um, Again, like, I'm not going to say this, this officially confirms that the Suns are a better team than the Lakers or anything. I did not overreact to an over 0-4 preseason 
in 2020. I will not do any such thing to a 2-1 and one start to the preseason this year. We'll get to the matchups and the way that these teams sort of stack up against one another in the next segment. But just from a pure game perspective here, I just can't help but continue to feel like this defense I mentioned in the last couple of recaps of preseason games that overall the the cohesion and the identity and the sense of self, this team just has that and it, it's not going away. Not that I thought it would, but it it was such a breath of fresh air last year and they, they developed over the course of the season then obviously came together and really cemented that identity and, and cohesion during the playoffs. But to see it come back, to see it happen again, to see... It just be able to be flipped on and off is something that I talked about a lot. And and the way that I continue to see it most is on the defensive end of the floor. And you just watch and the Lakers are, are still figuring themselves out, obviously. You know, Russell Westbrook did play in this game. And he changes so much. You have Kent Bazemore playing a lot of minutes. Carmelo Anthony playing a lot of minutes. All of these veterans that are just trying to figure things out together. And the Suns are able to just squelch out possessions if the Lakers or any team, the Kings as well, didn't know what they were doing, right? If if the Kings won, the Kings offense was really going and the Suns did not look spectacular in that game. They've looked a lot better in the past too. But there are just these moments, especially when the starters are out there. And I'll even extend it to the, the main rotation from last season where guys are just flying around. They really are just flying, and you you just have the closeouts that are relentless. You have the switching and the communication that's just perfect, and then you have DeAndre Ayton, who I can't be the only one feeling like just the byproduct of him getting more comfortable in his skin on an NBA court has has looked to me like he's grown a foot. Like I really, I cannot be the only one. I'm sure you guys are looking at these games feeling the same way, where rebounding, rim protection, even on lobs and and rim rolls and stuff. He just looks bigger every time I watch him, it seems like. And that's a testament to that as well. This defense can just come alive when it needs to. And I think that's going to be so useful. I think that's the value of continuity. I think that's the, the great thing about having the same starting lineup, about not having too much roster turnover. And it just really shows up against a team like the Lakers, which had the opposite of continuity. From the bubble to the last season, they had quite a bit of it. Outside of Marcus Gasol and some of the smaller pieces, they were, you know, right there. They didn't they lost Rondo, they lost Dwight, but you know, the the core group was there. And they decided to turn it all over. And you just see in these games where the defense that the Suns are able to put together, obviously the offense right now with no Devin Booker who missed his third game just you know, recuperating from a, a summer of basketball plus having COVID, the offense is is not really the same. But the defense, it just it just sucks the life out of the out of the opponent. Um and, and that's gonna be so valuable during the regular season. I do think we're gonna see games where a team with an equal amount of talent as the LeBron, the Lakers minus LeBron will see a lot of results like this 20, 30 point wins because the other team just can't get it going. And the Suns are able to build an early lead and just take it home and they're deep enough and everything else to make that happen. And I, I don't think this, again, we'll get into the matchup with the Lakers. That's not what the Lakers are going to be 
this season because LeBron makes a huge difference and and they're going to get more comfortable over the course of the year. But I do think we're going to see more results like this. The other por- the other big part of this game to me was more evidence of Mikhail Bridges's involvement in the offense. Um, and I think you can expand that to Shamit and Johnson as well. These these players, perimeter wing players who are going to be vying for more offensive opportunity, I think Bridges, Shamit, and Johnson are the top three there, are all stepping up and are all pretty surprisingly to me considering even if you assume and, and we know that these guys were here working out for a little bit of time prior to the start of, of the preseason and the official start of training camp, the, the fact remains like, what is that, you know, a month if we're being nice that these guys have really been working together since the end of last season. And we're already seeing these sets where, you know, double kind of two guys off the ball moving on an elbow or a top of the key dribble handoff set with McGee or Ayton facilitating. You have Johnson and, and Bridges both kind of running off of those screens, making the defense react. Do you switch? Do you chase those guys? Do you let them, you know, get downhill? And then you have McGee finding Johnson on a cut. And then you have, you know, Bridges probing the defense and getting some nice space for his mid-range shot. And, and Landry Shamit just busting out dribble moves and, and spin moves and, and up and under layups that we didn't know. Like, that stuff is coming along way better than I think you ever would have expected. At least I would have expected in preseason game number three. Now it's going to be obviously another thing to see it in the regular season. Then there's the step of can it become consistent during a regular season? And then there's the playoffs. And then there's can it become consistent during the playoffs? This is just one check mark. But I do think that it's an important one and it's one that happened faster. And it's not just one player. You know, I think there was part of my... uh, questioning going into this season we're all doing the internal development meme at this point shout out to the timeline guys and their series and you know it is obvious that that's going to be a focus this season but part of me was wondering are they gonna sort of do it equally are they gonna give out these opportunities equally and you know see which player pops or are they gonna funnel a lot of those opportunities to one specific player because that's really what they've done with the offense since they traded for Chris Paul is everything's going to run through Paul and Booker. Everyone else is going to feed off of that. I wondered if, you know, are they just going to basically crown Mikhail Bridges? You are our third scorer and congratulations. Here's, you know, 15 shots a game. And that doesn't seem to be what they're doing. They've put together, the system has really been the, the creator for that stuff. And they're just building into that system more opportunities for Bridges, for Johnson, and for Shamit. And the results have been great. I think Shamit has popped in every single preseason game so far. Team high plus 19. Bridges only took seven shots, but obviously the majority of those, he only took two threes. So five of those shots were inside the arc, which is good to see, just messing around with what his role will be, continuing to grow and, and improve. And then same with Cam Johnson. Four two-point attempts tonight and two offensive rebounds. He's been around the basket, more active and more involved lately as well. So all of those things continue to happen. The defense, the cohesion and everything else. Take a quick break and get into the matchup specifically with the Lakers here in just one second. First though, a quick word from Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based solely on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense 
required very little strategy, and just generally suck. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball called Game Pick, and it's only tw- only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count toward their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between all opponents. The days of losing because your opponent's players just had more games than you are over. The days of mindless busy work to set your lineup and keep up with all of it is over. And the days of picking up halfway through the season because of that busy work, also of giving up rather, halfway through the season because of that busy work, also over. So whether you prefer Redraft, Keeper, or Dynasty Leagues, Game Pick has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fantasy basketball code, so if you play fantasy football and have grown to love that game, or just prefer that mind, the, the dedication to the once-a-week strategy versus the daily busy work, you're going to love Game Picks. Download the Sleeper app, go to the Game Picks game, start a league with your friends, and enjoy Today's show is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You've got sports highlights on your phone and your neighbor's best friends log in just for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Okay, a few quick thoughts here about how the Suns match up with this particular Lakers team. Keeping in mind, again, we did not see LeBron James. Russell Westbrook is is not himself and is working his way into being uh, integrating and, and playing heavy minutes and, and playing in the preseason at all. So, caveat, of course. We don't know what this team will look like, so I'm by no means giving you a playoff preview here at all. But I do think, look, we got two preseason games where the starters did play a considerable amount and it's a team that's going to be really important so I do think it's worth a check in here and the first place I want to go is the defensive matchups because that was such a fixture and a a concentration on everybody's part fans me previewing this series I did like three different preview shows for that first round series because I just was blown away that we were talking about fantasy about playoff basketball and the matchups really, in a lot of ways, decided that series. I mean, of course, the injuries to the Lakers side and the Suns with Chris Paul's separated shoulder and all that stuff did the same, but the matchups were huge because Andre Drummond did his damage uh, the wrong direction to his own team in a lot of ways. Marcus Gasol was um, a, a puzzling guy, not playing very much, and then you know, not really being in attack mode in the same way that we thought he should be. And then it was, will will AD or will will DA guard AD full time? Who guards LeBron? Can they get away? Can the Suns get away with different guys guarding LeBron? Does it need to be Crowder? Like these were the conversations and questions we were asking ourselves. And so right now things have just been very different. And I think it's sort of the obvious thing to say about Russell Westbrook and about this new look Lakers squad, but it's worth mentioning anyway. Russell Westbrook being here means 
that in this particular game, the Suns felt the need to put bridges on Westbrook. And you might be thinking, well, of course, right? I mean, that's the most damaging perimeter player. We also know the Suns like to put, prefer in a vacuum to put bridges on a guard more, way more than they'd like to put him on a wing. You saw that, you know, in the finals as Booker was suddenly the best Middleton defender and and he really wanted bridges on holiday. These were these were the things we were we were just watching last time we saw the Suns suit up. So it shouldn't be a surprise, but it makes you wonder, well what happens when LeBron is in the lineup because really what ended up working for the Suns at the best in in my opinion. Now, you know, when everyone was healthy in that game 3, things got kind of ugly, but a lot of the Suns' best defensive moments last year in the first round were Crowder on Gasol, Drummond, or I'm sorry, Ayton on Davis or Drummond, if, and that was where things got wonky. But when Gasol was in there or when the Lakers went small with AD at the five, it was Ayton guarding Davis, and then you had Bridges on, on LeBron. And that was really how the matchup shaped up. And then it was, you know, whomever it might be on Wes Matthews and Alex Caruso and on down the list didn't really matter. Those guys were not a threat. Westbrook, despite all of his flaws, despite all of the legitimate, I think, concerns about whether this Lakers team actually is going to be better suited to win another title by getting Westbrook, he is somebody you have to dedicate a good perimeter defender to. I mean, that's still the level of respect you have to give him. He was a borderline all-star, all-NBA guy last year. He will produce. He will get the offensive rebounds. He will um, attack the basket, push in transition. He'll make the random flurry of jumpers. You have to respect that, right? And so for now, we saw Bridges have to guard him. And it just continues to beg the question of, okay, well, what's what's it going to look like in a series where maybe the Lakers do try to go big and they have Howard, Davis, Westbrook, LeBron, and let's pick the shooter of your choice, Kent Bazemore, all on the floor. It's going to be a very different chess match than it was in last year's playoffs. So that's the first thing. That'll be the big thing to watch when these teams uh, play first. And I believe that this is the second game of the season in the regular season for the Suns as well is another matchup with the Lakers. So we will see before long what exactly that may look like. The other thing that is worth mentioning here, and it is more again on this defensive matchup and um, strategy angle, because I think it's the most important thing. I think the Suns can score on the Lakers. I think Aiton more than proved that he can control the paint, rebound, stay on the floor, and that we know Booker. I mean, look, the this version of the Lakers has less going on to stop Booker or to stop Paul or to stop Payne. So I think the biggest really decision, the, the, the deciding factor that's going to decide the games that these teams play, whether it's in the regular season or the playoffs, is can the Suns stop the Lakers offense, in particular the Lakers stars, which is why I'm focusing on that here. And the other guy that has to be mentioned within that is Abdul Nader. And it might be ridiculous. I get he is really looks like catnip um, with LeBron in that metaphor being the cat. And I understand. And I don't necessarily think he is the answer, but I think he could be a answer and answer. And I think more so than LeBron, it's probably Westbrook that you could imagine Nader getting up the the reps and the comfort and the strength, physically strength, if he's able to stay healthy all year and you know really be trusted in a rotation, which is something that's never happened. 
I know that the Suns believe in this guy because they showed us with the money and the commitment. He's on a multi-year deal now, and he is getting more than the minimum. So they want him here, and they want to play him. And I think he's going to be ahead of Jalen Smith in this rotation. I think he's going to be ahead of Frank Kaminsky in this rotation. I think he will basically be the backup forward next to Cam Johnson. And he should be treated seriously as somebody who can go out there and defend Russell Westbrook. The number one thing that Monty Williams said when he was asked last week when I was at practice about Abdul Nader was the the perimeter defense, was the man-to-man defense, the ability to just blanket somebody. Obviously, getting downhill and all that stuff is, is very important to what he does as well, but it was that ability to go out there and defend. So it's going to be a very different look when these teams face off. It's going to be uh, a different sort of puzzle for Monty Williams and his coaching staff to put together, but I think Nader could be part of the solution there. And I obviously believe that guys like Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder will continue to be as well. It'll be a fun series if it happens again. It'll be fun to chart it in the regular season and see what these teams do and how much they show us and whether there is some of that rivalry because I do think that is the last little note here is there's some chippiness, there's some physicality. These teams both were playing to win this game. So that should be fun in and of itself. These these franchises obviously have history. I don't know if prior to last year, any of these individual players really did outside of maybe LeBron and, and Crowder. But now after that playoff series and everything else, there is some history, there is some beef here, and I would be thrilled if it really did turn into something like that. Again, a 123-94 Suns victory. Let's close out the show with question number nine on our 13 questions that will define the Phoenix Suns season. We'll get to that in just one second. First, though, a quick word from Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, my favorite protein bar. And Built Bar likes to say the healthiest candy bar ever. It's not hard to see why. Covered. Each and every bar is in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, but not too sugary. Most importantly, they are only going to have 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 130 to 180 calories, but packed with 17 to 18 grams of protein. That's what you're going to get in every single Built Bar, whether it is a classic favorite like coconut or raspberry, or whew, the most delicious limited time offering that I can remember in a while from Built Bar, which is cookie dough chunk delicious. Little bits of cookie dough, little bits of chocolate. Again, that same amount of sugar, that same amount of protein, it's it's consistent. Somehow they make these things delicious and you're looking up and down the nutrition chart on on the box, on the bag, wondering what happened, wondering how it possibly was created in such a way, but it was, it is, and they are all great. They are all that pick-me-up that you need in addition to being delicious. So go to Belt.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Closing out the show here, uh, perfect timing. I don't didn't expect to do this one today. I actually been looking for a guest to do this one in terms of our 13 questions that will define the Phoenix Suns season. But it ended up working out because um, Devin Booker was one of the stars of the 75th anniversary NBA advertisement that started to make the rounds. It was on on ESPN during the preseason game. So if you did not see it online prior, you probably saw it during the game today. And it was a very, very cool moment, not only for Booker um, to be there, to be honored in that way where it's, you know, legends of the game and then modern stars and everything else. So obviously Booker getting that nod is just a continuation of 
you know, getting to the finals, getting the respect there. He's on the cover of, you know, the ESPN cover story. He's getting named the Team USA. He's all of this stuff. And this is just another part of that. It's another piece of the rise that we're watching this guy undergo. But more importantly than just being there was the way he was pretty prominently featured um, in in a lot of pers- very personal ways to him. He's in a very uh, traditional car from not, not unfamiliar to those of us who saw him uh, driving to these games. It's very much an ode and a nod to his Hispanic heritage and to the community and culture of the Valley and the way that that, that cars and that um, sort of fashion and, and cultural sense like seeps in from everything that he does. It's obviously very cool for those of us who grew up here, very cool for um, you know the Hispanic residents of this city. And so to see them kind of use that, I don't know if it was his input. I don't know if the NBA team came to him and, and wanted to do it that way based on the, the way that that kind of came, uh, came to light or came popular during the finals, during the, the playoffs. But whatever it is, that was cool in and of itself. Then you see him, he's in the car and you zoom out and he drives up, mural on the wall, um, kind of like this neighborhood. That's the idea of the ad. And up on the mural on just regular city street is Kobe Bryant. And it is not only Kobe, who is obviously unable to be in this ad, but clearly would have been otherwise, but it's Kobe with Be Legendary, the phrase that Book now has tattooed on himself that was written by Kobe on the pair of sneakers that he gave to Book all those years ago. That is also part of the mural. And Book looks at it. The music completely stops. The ad goes silent. And this guy gets a complete moment to himself where he nods at Kobe on the mural and then drives away. Very cool, very touching. The whole ad is awesome. But getting that moment, it was like, man, I have to do that question for the preview now. Um, and so it's just, it's kind of interesting to think about, right? Because to me, the, the, the thing that makes me feel like undoubtedly yes is, well, first of all, he's a great player. Um, he also has a lot of personality. So you look around the younger players in the NBA and it's, you know, it's, it's some international players, which poses its own challenges for being, we've never really seen that, right? I mean, I'm not even trying to make this a factor of can they or, or anything else. These are brilliant players. These are amazing personalities for the most part. I mean, who is cooler than Joel Embiid? I mean, he's obviously going to be a part here, but like Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic, these are guys who are a little bit untraditional in terms of they are not Michael Jordan in this in-your-face, I'm going to be a celebrity, I'm going to be everywhere. Giannis has been taking a victory lap all summer that he did it his own way, and he's a family man, and he's a a small market man and all of that. Luka Doncic doesn't really seem to be at that phase of his career, but even besides the, the international guys, it's Jason Tatum, it's Zion Williamson, it's Trey Young, players who to one degree or another don't necessarily have that personality, right? They don't have the magnetic pull that I do think Booker has. This ad was an example of that, but it was what it was also an example of to me was Booker's the things that we love, the things that that Valley sports fans love about Booker and have grown to kind of cherish about seeing him every day and having him be a part of this community is the cultural stuff. The fact that they're, you know, he's in this basically lowrider in the 75th anniversary commercial. The fact that he's 
you know, the, his, his sense of fashion has become such a part of himself and he's got the baggy clothes and the, you know, fairly cholo like dressing that he sometimes likes to pull out every so often the bolt, the pit bull and, and everything else. It's, it's awesome. And it's uniquely him. And the fact that that's getting picked up by, you know, marketers and, and everybody else is very, very cool. And it makes me feel even more optimistic that this guy will continue to rise. Of course, it doesn't hurt. Have to address the obvious, which is that he's dating a Kardashian. That doesn't, um, it's not a bad thing. I know I know that she's not actually a Kardashian, but she's part of that family. And so, of course, like that's going to be a factor. He's going to be in the tabloids. He already has been. Their Instagrams were um, fodder for TMZ and everything else throughout the entire playoffs. Where were they? Did she come to visit him in the city where they were playing? And all of that, that won't go be going anywhere. And that certainly doesn't hurt in terms of fame. Um, I just hope that that continues to play out because I think he deserves it. I think he's put the work in. I think he's a genuine person. I think he's a um, good you know, role model and everything else for folks here. He hasn't screwed up. He's been in this community forever outside of some weird slip ups with, you know, Tyler Eulis and whatnot back in the very early days. He's he's got a, a complete scotch free, clean record and, and everything else here. So there's no reason to think he won't. There's no reason to think he doesn't deserve it. And it'll just be very cool to see that because we that's really something the Suns have never had. I mean, Steve Nash wasn't really that type of guy because he was already older by the time he got here and was being, you know, so great. And he just, I don't think he had that that hunger for the spotlight in that way. Charles Barkley was already famous by the time he got here. That didn't really happen. Amari Stoudemire, you know, for different reasons, was never quite that player. So it would be incredible if that continued to happen. My only plea would be that this guy gets a freaking signature shoe at some point. A real bonafide Booker shoe, not you know, a, a version of another player's sneaker or anything else, the full rollout, the full design, new from scratch, from Booker's head, from his team, make it happen, Nike. I think it would be incredible. And, um, you know, I, we've loved all the releases and everything. There's a bunch that have come out. There's different colorways and everything, but um, he deserves to have that. Trey Young got it, and I think Book should be the next one. I mean, I, I don't know why... He wouldn't be. I know that Young has his own stands online and things that that put him in a different stratosphere to an extent. But look, like Book is getting there, and I would feel like Nike should get ahead of that now rather than um, have the demand exceed the supply, if you know what I mean. So um, I think the answer is clearly yes. Devin Booker will become one of the faces of the NBA. I think he's already on his way there. I think more winning and more. Um, being himself and being genuine and unabashed will only help that. And we'll get to see it throughout the year and throughout the rest of this contract that he has. Um, he's going to be here through his prime and it's going to be fun to watch. That will wrap us up though, folks. Enjoy your Monday. Savor two wins against the Lakers. That is very fun. And you'll hear me yelling at you about this for, um, uh, the rest of the week, I'm sure. But tune in on Wednesday, WNBA Finals Game 2. Support the Phoenix Mercury. They have earned it. They are bringing Finals basketball back to the Valley. It has been really incredible. The crowd was awesome for Game 1. I was there. I won't uh, necessarily go into that now. There will be more time to talk about that as the week goes on. But um, definitely watch on TV. Get a ticket if you can. It's it's uh, it's it's awesome. It's It's the GOAT chasing her fourth ring. And it should be a blast of a series. So that'll wrap us up again. Enjoy your Monday and I will talk to you tomorrow.